the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today. The Word of God provides everything we need throughout our earthly existence. There is absolutely nothing that has, is, or will occur in our lives that is not covered by the blood of Jesus. Our sovereign God loves us so much that he created us in his own image and sacrificed his only begotten sinless son to cover all of our sins. When we surrender our all to him, we begin to experience the greatest love of all and become recipients of eternal life. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. I really believe that we have one of the best, best church staff in America and I believe my wife and I, the Lord has given us this staff because we know how to treat them. We know how to honor them. We know how to respect them. We don't micromanage them. We don't put undue pressure on them. We don't constantly criticize them, but we encourage them. You get better production from people through encouragement. You coordinators out there, you leaders of ministry out there, you get better production through people when you love people, when you edify speak edifying words to them, when you speak in kindness to them, when you are patient with them, and when you praise them. Be mindful just because a person in authority possesses Christ-like qualities does not mean they are pushover. Now, we're to be humble in our leadership positions, but sometimes people take your meekness for weakness. Did you, you get what I'm saying? Now, now I'm going to be humble, but don't, don't test me now. Don't test me. Don't, 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 please, please don't test me. Now, all of me is saved. But don't test me. Don't put me in a position where I have to exercise my pastoral authority. I don't like doing that, but I will if I have to. Because if we let devilish things get away, it promotes more devilish stuff. Do I get a witness out there? So, excuse me. I ain't a pushover. I'm not a doormat to be walked over. Meekness does not mean weakness, but rather it is power under control. It is power under control. Number seven, encouragement sets others up for success. Encouragement sets others up for success, especially when they are struggling with self-pity. Some people have regrets of their failures. Uh, They're struggling with self-doubt. They're struggling with fear. They're just nervous as they can be. And they have memories of their previous failures. And so uh, they need a lot of encouragement. Paul used the example of his own life to be an encouragement to the church at Philippi. Paul used the example of his own life to be an encouragement to the church at Philippi. In Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, it says, No, dear brother, brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on 
to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. So Paul said, look at what I've done. Look at me, you know, and I want you to do as I've done. I said, forget the things of the past, the bad things of the past. Looking forward, this is, this is how Paul lived a successful Christian life. Look at the things that's lying ahead. Don't think about all those past failures. Don't let Satan use your failure to define you today. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Jesus Christ is calling us. People will never forget your words of encouragement when others have doubted their own potential. A lot of people are where they are today because someone loved them enough to encourage them. Number eight, encouragement is valuable because it helps provides reassurance to people when they are fretful, stressed, and worried. Encouragement is valuable because it helps provide reassurance to people when they are fretful, stressed, and worried. First Thessalonians 5.11, our theme text, is therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Words of encouragement brings relief. Words of, of encouragement bring comfort. Words of encouragement bring hope. Words of encouragement will help others who are down to rise up and live again. Number nine, encouragement is therapeutic. It's therapeutic in that it heals, it restores. The word of encouragement is therapeutic. It heals, it restores, it refreshes and revives others who are in dire need of it, as well as the one who gives it. You get blessed when you encourage others. I reiterate, you get blessed when you encourage others. Proverbs 12, 25 says, anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. In the midst of so much bad news, people just need to hear good, hear a good word. When a believer is filled with the Holy Spirit and possesses the joy of the Lord, only then will you be able to give a good word which gladdens the heart of others. What kind of word are you giving? Are you giving a word that gladdens the heart? Or are you giving a word that saddens and grieves the heart? Uh, number 10, words of encouragement and appreciation have a way of healing broken relationships. When you encourage others in the faith, it has a way of healing broken relationships. 2 Corinthians 13, 11b says, grow to maturity. Encourage each other, live in harmony and peace. Then the God of love and peace will be with you. The scripture says we must grow to spiritual maturity before we can encourage one another. Now, if you're a spiritual babe, we can't expect you to encourage one another simply because you are a taker. Babies take. They're in it for what they can get. This is mine, mine. No, no. Why, why? Hurt people will hurt people. I say it again. Hurt people will hurt people. You cannot encourage others if your emotional pain has caused you to become mean, critical, you can't help others if you're bitter and uncaring. Therefore, ask the Lord to heal you so that you are able to apply the loving salve of encouragement to others who are hurting around you. Number 11, encouragement lifts the spirit of those who are depressed 
oppressed, burdened, and shackled. Encouragement lifts the spirit of those who are depressed, oppressed, burdened, and shackled. Now, this is a big scripture here. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 16 through 18. It says, May the Lord show mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. On the contrary, when he was in Rome, he searched hard for me. Look, Onesiphorus searched hard for me until he found me. He didn't know where he was until he found me. May the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day. You know very well in how many ways he helped me in Ephesus. Listen closely, my friends. Unconditional love will affirm and refresh those who are going through tragedy. Unconditional love will affirm and help those who are going through trials and trouble. Never are we to rejoice in the hardships and adversity of others. Never are we to rejoice in the hardships and adversity of others, for you do not know what crisis you will encounter tomorrow. It is through times of adversity that you discover who your true friends really are. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, I'm your friend. I'm your best. We, we buddy buddies, sisters, sisters, Sarah, Sarah, frat, frat, whatever, whatever. But let a little trouble rise in. I don't know about that. <laughs> Onesiphorus was a genuine friend who made the trip from Ephesus to Rome and persisted in looking for Paul until he found him. Look where he found him. In a Roman prison chained to a Roman soldier. I'm not going to jail. I, I don't want to be identified with him. They're going to talk about me if they see me in jail with him. Second Timothy 1.16 says, The Lord grant mercy to the house of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me. And look at this. Underline this. And was not ashamed of my chains. And was not ashamed of my chains. I, uh, I wonder who prayed for that, that officer who, who had his knee on George's neck. I believe he needs a visit. You know? I wonder who's praying for, uh, for the persons involved in that verdict that was rendered, whatever side you were on. I'm not going to talk about that. Because if I'm in favor, you make somebody mad. If, you, if I'm against it, you make somebody mad. It's best that I as pastor, I stay out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I stay out of it and pray. And accept the things I can't change. But that young man needs prayer. If you know that young man needs, needs prayer, won't you, won't you say amen? amen? Okay, now you said a big amen. Did you pray for him? I believe some of y'all get too mad to pray. And was not ashamed of my chains. I go the extra mile to make a difference.
doing ministry. I want you, I want you to hear me. I want you to hear me so you can have a blessed Thanksgiving. Doing ministry sometimes means that you have to put yourself at risk or be willing to be misunderstood to minister to those in need. That's right. Are you willing to put your own reputation at risk to help others? Are you so concerned about what other folk think that you can't do the right thing before God? Who are you pleasing? Is it God or is it man? Here's the closing points and I'll be done. How can I become an effective encourager? And we'll be done. How can I become an effective encourager? Number one, you must first have a relationship with Christ and be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit who will alert you to the needs of others. You must first have a relationship with Christ and be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit who will alert you to the needs of others. Romans 10, 13 says, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You can't be an encourager to the extent that you please God until you first allow Jesus to come into your heart. You must believe that Jesus is God, that he came in the fullness of time, born in a manger, fully God, fully man, lived that perfect, most holy life before the Father, went to Calvary, died on that cross, was buried according to the scripture and rose from the dead. That's the gospel. Asking him to come into your heart and save you and God will save you. Romans 10, 13. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Uh, That's how you become an encourager. You need the Lord in you to help you be an encourager. Number two, studying and knowing the word of God will help you become an effective encourager. Studying and knowing the word of God will help you become an encourager. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You cannot give what you do not possess. Only when you study and apply the word of God will it become your best spiritual resource. Only when you study and apply the word of God will it become your best spiritual resource to lift others up, to lift yourself up, to build others up, to build yourself up, to refresh others, to refresh yourself, to revive others, to revive yourself. When you revive others, you get revived when you revive others. Thirdly, unless you genuinely love people, you will not be intentional when it comes to encouraging others regardless of ethnicity. Let me just back up and say it again because I want you to write this down. Unless you genuinely love people. Now, that's key. Now, some of you say you love folk, but you don't love everybody. You say, I don't like them. Some of you, you, some. We'll not have one racist person with racial prejudice, not even a tinge in your heart. The church will lose her uh, anointing if we have bigotry in here, racism in here. Look how quiet. Y'all can't even say amen. What person of another race have been in your car that you've gone to lunch with, that's slept in your bed, that's eating in your table, 
but I love everybody. That is what you say is what you what? It's what y'all say so. You say, do. It's not, it's not just what you say. I don't, I don't want to do. I want, it's not just what you say, it's what you what? Do, do, do. Unless you genuinely love people, you will not be intentional when it comes to encouraging others, regardless of ethnicity, regardless of socioeconomic status, regardless of their attitude, regardless of their disposition, regardless of their age, or regardless of the sins they commit. See, y'all got little sins, like cheating on taxes and stealing God's tithe, you know. You say, well, I'm not messing with another man's wife and all that, and you call those big sins. You know, I'm not gay. That's big sins. But let me tell you something. All sin is hellish before God. That's right. You, you think evil in your mind, you sin. You steal, you sin. You lust, you sin. You gossip, you sin. You slander, you sin. You look at pornography, you sin. That's right. You won't do what God told you to do, you sin. You stay deliberately ignorant because you don't want to know the truth, because you, you don't want to do better. You sin. If you are going to be an encourager, you must ask the Lord to help you love people unconditionally. 1 John 4, 11 says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Beloved, no matter what a person has done, no one should be beyond the ministry of encouragement. No matter how heinous and detestable the sin of the person. Now, you're not going to hear that on news outlets. I'm going to say it again because some of y'all have dismissed that. You just like castor oil, force it down. <laughs> force it down, force it down. Beloved, no matter what a person has done, no one should be beyond the ministry of encouragement, no matter how heinous and detestable the sin of the person. No one should be denied the privilege of receiving the gospel and giving them encouragement and hope because they are living they are, they are a living soul created in the image of God. Genesis 1:27a says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. We must emulate God and be no respecter of persons when it comes to the ministry of encouragement. Also, we must not be guilty of selective encouragement. You say, select, write that one down. Don't look at look at me. Write it down. Because you, you might select, you don't, you encourage. This person, but you won't encourage that one. You encourage those you like, but you don't encourage those you don't like. You know? You, you, you look at what they've done in their past. You size them up. Then you try to determine whether you're going to encourage them or not. God's grace is sufficient. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Number four, you can be an effective encouragement through the ministry of your presence. You can be an effective encourager through the ministry of your presence. Philippians 2, 4 says, let each of you look out not only for your own interest, but also the interests of others. People do not care how much you know until they know how much you care. When you make yourself available to be present for others in a time of need, 
when you're available to rejoice in the celebrations of others, when you're there when they're going through the difficulty of life, you minister with your presence. When you stand with a person when they're going through the precious death of a loved one, it shows just how much you value them. Or when you go to the hospital or home visitation, you minister with your presence. When you're at a funeral and you're not programmed to be on that funeral, but you're there, you minister with your presence. You're to minister with your presence uh, when, people go, when people achieve significant milestones and events in sports and school activities, to name a few. Therefore, allow the ministry of your presence to encourage others. Number five, praying with others is one of the most effective ways to be an encourager. This is the last one. Praying with others is one of the most effective ways to be an encourager. James 5.16b says, the prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. Prayer cements the Christian bond between believers. Prayer reminds the person that they are a part of our church family. Prayer serves as a witness to non-believers. Prayer settles the spirit. Prayer gives a sense of peace. Prayer gives a sense of hope. Prayer shows that you really care about what's going on in that person's life. Prayer, you know what prayer does? It even points that person to Christ. In closing, be determined to be a blessing to others this Thanksgiving season by showering words of encouragement and appreciation to your family. Encourage your friends. Encourage even your enemies. Thanksgiving may also be a time of healing broken relationships. Life is too short to be bound by bitterness and rehearsing the wounds of your past. James 4.14 says, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, but what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Beloved, because life is so short, be determined to make the most of the opportunities and refuse to take those you love for granted. You have within you the capacity to encourage others, but the real question is, will you release your encouragement to those who need it most. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this word and for the ministry of encouragement. And we repent of holding it back because we're always looking at what's wrong with people instead of asking the Lord to show us how we can encourage them. Because the truth be told, Lord, we don't know where people are. We don't know what they're going through. We don't even know what they're about to do. And, and the ministry of prayer can save a life. Oh, Lord. Help us not to be so wrapped up in our own world. And we take comfort in seeing others whose lives are falling to pieces. Help us to help the hurting. And Father, we don't know what's coming our way tomorrow. We really don't know what's coming our way. Father, deliver us from meanness, bitterness, anger, fear. 
We're scared to touch anybody because we think we're going to get corona. And some folk haven't touched anybody and still got corona. Lord, you will teach us and show us the way to go if we just keep our eyes fixed on you. In Jesus' name. And all God's children said. Y'all, I preached my heart out these last two messages. They were very comprehensive. You know why? You know why? Because people out there virtually, people back in the Spirit Center, people on YouTube, people on social media platforms, and those of you who are here, you need a word of encouragement. Why don't you just start with yourself? Encourage yourself in the Lord. Encourage your family, your extended family, your co-workers, your friends, your brothers and sisters in the church, and beyond. Your encouragement shouldn't just stop in your house. And some of you can't encourage others because you've not come to Christ. And you need Jesus. And he's enough for you. And if you don't know Jesus, you come and see a counselor. The Bible says, believe on the Lord and you will be saved. Regardless of your age, where you are in life, no matter how bad off you've been, God's grace is sufficient. Or perhaps you just need a big dose of encouragement. And you say, you know what, Pastor? I haven't been encouraged in so long. I'm barely hanging on. And I need you to encourage me. You come stand right here. And we're going to encourage you so you can have the best Thanksgiving ever. If you haven't had encouragement in your life, who knows when, and nobody spoke a word to you to gladden your heart, then you come stand here and we're not going to leave you unencouraged. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. Join us on Resurrection Sunday, April 17th at Maranatha Bible Church for our 8 a.m. worship service, children's program at 9.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. worship service as we celebrate our risen Savior. For more information, please visit us at maranathasa.org. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.